Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Holy moly! Man, woman, and child in that bottom of the aisles. Johnny the Jet Riders just for a moose of their shoe. Oh, they don't have him yet? Look at Tommy Frazier. How many tackles can one man break? Touchdown. What's going on, Husker fans? Welcome back to Believe in Nebraska Football on the Believe Podcast Network. Today, we have a a special opportunity to be able to preview the Buffalo game coming up here in week two um, against the Cornhuskers with Kyrie Damos, the host of Bullseye, the University of Buffalo football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Kyrie is also a former player who uh, was actually recruited by none other than Nebraska legend Turner Gill, and we're going to get to talk with him a little bit about that later. But uh, excited to get to do this, and I hope you guys enjoy it. What's going on, my friends? Kyrie Demos here, joining you all from Bullseye, the UB Bulls podcast. How's it going today, Sam? It's going good. What's going on, Bulls fans? What's going on, Husker Nation? We're going to do a little joint podcast here for you guys today. Absolutely. You love to see it. And that's the, I think, you know, having been a former college football player myself, you know, I think one of the coolest parts of the college football season is the August, September, um, you know, this early stretch, just, just with all these, you know, non-conference games and, you know, teams that really don't often play each other, you know, just talking about this matchup with UB and Nebraska, two teams that have never played against each other before. And, you know, I, I think, you know, especially coming from Buffalo and being in, in this area, people asking me all the time about things with the Bulls. You know, they saw Nebraska on the schedule. That was a name that really popped out just off the, the the you know, the name brand factor alone. So, but, you know, at the same time, too, these are not Tom Osborne's Cornhuskers. No offense. You know, I think Scott Foster's a <laughs> tremendous coach. He definitely is a tremendous Far coach. from it. We're not <laughs> Bo Pelini's Cornhuskers. <laughs> no, no doubt. But, you know, just so, Sam, just just asking you a little bit about this team. You know, what is this team that Bulls fans have not seen before? You know, what can they expect from them on the other side? Oh, uh, th- you know, thanks, Kyrie. I, I appreciate the question. And and it's it's actually a really cool thing, to your point, that this is the best time of year with all the out-of-conference games. And it's actually the first time in history that the Huskers will play two teams from New York State back-to-back. Wow. I think probably two times in New York State in the same season. No with doubt. With Fordham playing from the Bronx in New York City, and mm-hmm. now we're going to get to play uh, New York State. So it's, it's a real pleasure to talk about it and, mm-hmm. and to get to do this with you. Absolutely, um, same here. For the, for the Bulls fans out there, where the Huskers are kind of at, you know, whether you watch the Illinois game or the Fordham game, I doubt you watch the Fordham game, but the Illinois game was on national television in week zero. So there wasn't much else on. Mm-hmm. And I think if, you know, if you didn't see it, there were a lot of mistakes in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Huskers, I don't, the, the safety on the punt return is probably the, one of the worst college football plays I've ever seen <laughs> uh, filled in a punt on the two. And then when you're getting tackled in the end zone, trying to throw it out, it, it, it was a disaster and putting the ball on the ground where this team is at is in, we have, you know, the expectation after Scott Frost left UCF on an undefeated season came back to coaches, alma mater would be that 
that team had gone from winless to undefeated, that he'd be able to turn a, a, a program really at, at rock bottom around. And we're entering year four. And it's not that the talent isn't there or that the scheming and that the offensive scheme that Frost has brought isn't there. It's, it's that there's a lot of mistakes and that they play undisciplined football and have played particularly terrible, really, really bad special teams um, almost every game over the last four years. Um, and, and, and that kind of leaked into last week. So what the Huskers are looking to do right now is they played Fordham last week cleaned up some of the mistakes that happened against Illinois and they were trying to stack games here. They're coming and play an even cleaner game against the bulls. And, and if they do that, you know, they'll have more success, but they're, they're running a similar offense to, to what Scott ran Scott Frost ran at Oregon mm-hmm. and what he did at UCF. So you can expect that you can expect the ball being, you know, spread around a little bit of option, um, but definitely spacing. And defensively, they, you know, they, they have a lot of super seniors. A lot of guys came back, and and it's definitely a strength on this team right now. No doubt. And, you know, I think it's it's going to be a great chess match to see how that defense match, matches up against Shane Montgomery's offense, you know, with Kyle Van Treese and Kevin Marks Jr. Um, running the show at quarterback and running back, respectively. And just going off of, you know, what you, you shared about Nebraska, the Bulls are coming in. On a, in a very unique uh, point, obviously, you know, still very young in the, the Mo Linguist era, you know, with him coming back to UB after his stint um, there, uh, actually when I was there as well, uh, back last in uh, 2013. But, you know, just to think that, you know, they, they handle business. I mean, watching a game like the the Wagner game, you know, a 69 to seven, just drubbing. It's really hard to to evaluate it because of two things. You know, first off, for UB, it's like okay, well, there's not much that you can really harp on. You know, what what are the the deficiencies and and, and negatives that you can really you know uh, talk about? You know, I mean, there were a couple different things, a couple hiccups, you know, a couple muff punts, punt returns, and things like that. But you know, outside of that, the offense was really clicking. They they scored on all but one of their drives in the game and that the drive that they didn't score was, you know, when they were running the clock out at the end of the game and um, to be able to, to limit uh, Wagner to seven points and those seven points came in garbage time on um, sometime during the fourth quarter. So to think, um, yeah, you know, what was the score at half? Oh man, I believe the score at half, just taking a look here quick. Um, the score at halftime was, it was 40 something to zero. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, 36 or 38 to nothing 38 so, yeah so i mean to to have you know a, an opponent like wagner to open up the season it's great right you know it bolsters the team's confidence you know i think um ub is a very balanced group you know i like what they have in the skill group uh, giovanni ruiz looked great the other night dom johnson and um ron cook was a you know a, a, um, a welcome um, highlight in the uh, Bulls backfield, as well as Dylan McDuffie and um, some other names, you know, with uh, five different running backs scoring touchdowns. But at the same time, too, you know, there's not going to be a team uh, for the rest of the season that UB plays that'll be nearly as bad as Wagner was. Right. You know, let it's alone. A woeful, it's a woeful opponent with a new coaching staff. So you're still kind of in the dark here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like Nebraska going into year four, seeing the same, same movie we've seen, uh, the last three or four years. Um, 
I guess the question I would have is with the the coaching change to mm-hmm. to Linquist, right? Yep, coach Linquist. And yep. you had some turnover of the offensive line. What? Yeah, I, I would assume you'd have the same concerns going into this game that you had, you know, going into the last one. Wagner's a woeful opponent, so you rolled them. But mm-hmm. now you're going to play a Big Ten opponent. The talent's going to be night and day. Right. What are the concerns you have with the you know the coaching change, turnover of players, etc. Yeah, you know, you 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 hit the nail right on the head, Sam. Just just thinking about the offensive line, you know, there was really two main returners on the offensive line with Jake Fusack and um, Jack Clank. But at the same time, too, you know, um, even even thinking about the the season opening win, there were a couple different guys that were tested out at right tackle, like DeAndre, um, uh, do uh, Iron. And, um, you know, just, just thinking about Gabe Wallace was in the mix as well there. And um, so, you know, I, I just think that, that there's, you know, still that big question mark, like you said, because I think this is going to be the biggest test, obviously, to this point. But, you know, it may be the biggest test that UBC's all season in terms of just playing against a team that is, um, you know, a, a power five um, participant. Um, you know, I think also, too, going off of that, I really still am interested to see how Coach Linguist and uh, Joe Cawthon's uh, defense, how it, you know, progresses now getting into a, you know, a, a tougher slate, you know, even in, in, in not to even downplay the Cornhuskers, but thinking about playing the Cornhuskers and then, you know, fast forward to next weekend, you know, having to play, um, you know, a top 25 ranked team in Coastal Carolina, you know, what what are these two upcoming matchups? How is that going to test the Bulls medal because, you know, not to be, not to look at it glass half empty, but that was a re- really low bar to be set uh, with week one, you know, having to play a team like Wagner. I mean, Wagner, including the UB game is now one in f- 14 in their last 15 games as a program. So, you know, it really just is it, right. not um, cognizant or it's not representative of what UB will face throughout the season. But um, I, I just want to see what exactly, um, you know, what will the Bulls be able to pro- provide in really some measuring stick games? And this is really, I think, even more so of a measuring stick game just for the simple fact of, you know, being able to go to Memorial Stadium and, you know, taking on a historic program like the Cornhuskers. Are the Bulls going to be, you know, caught with um, their eyes in the headlights or, you know, are they going to be able to make this a competitive matchup, you know, against a program that, you know, from the outside looking in, most people may say, hey, you know, this is a big name program. You know, UB might not stand a chance, but just knowing that UB is coming off of a, you know, their first or off of its first um, AP poll ranking last season, maybe this is a time that they, you know, put themselves back on the map um, with a power five upset. Right. Yeah. You see the, the, the rise of the challenge or, or kind of crumble before it. Um, I think that for both teams, it's interesting because Fordham is definitely maybe the worst team that Nebraska's played, I think, at least in the last 20 years. And and Buffalo's coming off of a game against Wagner. Both of them are, are decided blowouts. Obviously, both teams cover. Mm-hmm. Then they come into this game. This is going to be, I think, a challenge for both teams. Like, the, mm-hmm. you know, Nebraska lost to Illinois. So mm-hmm. we're this is absolutely a measuring stick game. Can we stack this game? Can we rise to the challenge? Of, of playing against a team that's, you know, a team that just won 79, 69 to seven against anybody. 
Right. I mean, that's that's the reality of where we're kind of looking at the Huskers. And I think the the you know, UB is in a, in a similar position. They're coming off a big win. They're going to play the Huskers, and then they're going to probably play a better team in Coastal Carolina. I can't believe I have to say that, that Coastal <laughs> Carolina is better than the Huskers. But the, the week after that for Nebraska is the 50th anniversary of the game of the century. They're going to play Oklahoma again for the first time in 10 years. Mm. So, we, you know, I think both teams are looking to stack games here no to doubt. get to, to, to take it to the next level after, you know, playing a woeful opponent. Most definitely. Yeah. And, you know, just just going off of that, you know, I think one of the, the biggest keys will be, you know, being able to stop, uh, you know, dual threat quarterback Adrian Martinez, who, you know, has shown um, to, to really be one of the, the most dynamic quarterbacks in the country in terms of with his legs, rushing for over 100 yards in the first game of the season against Illinois. But also, you know, he's combined for three uh, rushing touchdowns in those first two games. So, you know, what have you seen from Adrian over these last now, you know, four seasons with him being a, a senior in his senior year? Well, looking at Adrian Martinez and, and his body of work is it's kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. He's either rushing for a 75 yard touchdown against Illinois. He was able to do that. He also, you know, with less than a minute left in the half, put the ball on the ground um, and let, Illinois scoop and score, Hmm. you know, going into half, giving them the momentum. And Illinois didn't really look back after that. Hmm. Um, And Martinez was actually our leading rusher last year, but he Hmm. also fumbled more than anybody in college football. So that's kind of what we're looking at. If, if I was, if I was uh, UB, you know, if I was Lindquist, I would be trying to force Martinez into the errors that have plagued his career and, and trying to contain um, as much as you can, because he is a special player and he will do special things with his feet. Um, and he can definitely throw the ball. You know, it, it, it's about limiting that and forcing forcing Nebraska to some of the errors that have plagued him. I think that would be what I'd, what I'd be looking at. What I'm more curious about from you guys is, you know, what who, who are the players you think can make an impact over, uh, you know, offensively against a veteran defense and, and, and who on your defense do you think is going to make an, you know, be able to force Martinez into those errors? Is it, is it the pass rush of, of the bulls? Is it in the secondary? Where do you guys have a veteran group? Yeah, I would, I would say to, to go off of that, the, the question about the defense first, you know, I would say, you know, Taylor Riggins, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, I talked about him on the last podcast and um, we've talked about him throughout the summer as well. You know, being able to come back after missing all of 2020 with, with injury. I mean, it, his presence showed, you know, having six tackles leading the team, uh, two sacks as well, and just was harassing, you know, both of the guys that Wagner had under center. So, you know, he, he really showed to be a factor. But, you know, there there were some transfers that were able to come over alongside of him and just, you know, some of the other names like, you know, Deshaun Folsom at outside backer and George Wallow, you know, both those guys recorded sacks as well. Max Michelle um, as well coming off the edge. So, you know, I think the, the bulls, if they're going to stand a chance, it's going to be with those guys up front, you know, being able to limit Adrian Martinez, but also too, I'd love to see the chess match between James Patterson, um, the linebacker 
uh, and team captain, you know, who who had an, a, a solid effort himself as well, you know, with five tackles in the game against Wagner. But, you know, I want to see what he, he can bring to the table matching up against a speedy quarterback like Martinez. But, you know, just flipping it over to the offensive side, you asked about, you know, just some guys that I think can make an impact or will need to make an impact if UB is to pull off this upset. You know, I would say, you know, it always it starts and ends with Kyle Van Treese, you know, under center. I think for him, you know, the, the interesting thing is, you know, well, first of all, congrats to him coming off of, uh, you know, his Mac East Offensive Player of the Week selection. And, you know, he just was very efficient last week, you know, going 15 and 19, 231 yards and a touchdown pass. And, you know, he, he seems to really be in rhythm. And, you know, one thing that stuck stood out to me uh, when I spoke with him um, during the Bulls media day was that, you know, this Shane Montgomery offense, you know, first of all, Shane Montgomery is not only his OC, he's also his quarterback's coach, but he said he really feels comfortable in this offense because it's an offense that he ran similarly um, in, in high school. So to be able to be back in a system that you're not only comfortable with, but also too being this now his third um, year as a starter and just knowing that he's got some some weapons now, you know, the big the big question was, you know, what could the Bulls do without Antonio Nunn and, you know, um, Trevor Wilson uh, transferring out as well. But, you know, Giovanni Ruiz stepped up, you know, Dom Johnson stepped up. Um, the Bulls seem to have, uh, you know, some some weapons with Keon Williams now coming over from Eastern Michigan. So, you know, it, it, the, the cupboard really is not as bare as it once seemed it could have been you know, with some of the names that left and graduated. But at the same time, too, this is going to be a much bigger test. So I'm really interested to hear, Sam, who you think um, will be causing havoc for the Bulls offense and, um, you know, impeding in their their process. Sure. So the, the, the Huskers defense last year, you know, kind of the offense since the first year where there was a lot of hope with Scott Frost in mm -hmm. a lot of categories has taken step back in terms of their wide receivers um, and different, different skill position players, but on defense mm -hmm. Frost really took over a, a, a gross defensive unit. I mean, that's the best way to say it. They were, they were terrible when he took over and defensive coordinator, Eric Chenander has really shaped them year after year. They struggled to, to pass rush and to stop the run. In, in the first couple of years he was there, even with veteran players, uh, some defensive linemen, uh, the Davis brothers, Carlos and uh, Khalil Davis went to the NFL or on the Buccaneers. Um, they, they just weren't, weren't good. And even with those players turning over last year, the Huskers took a big step in defending the run, which is huge in the big 10. Mm -hmm. They still couldn't, the pass rush still wasn't all there. And then against Illinois, the, the, the truth was the defense of Nebraska kept Nebraska in that game because the offense was really sputtering at a lot of times um, because, and, and this is kind of to, so what, you know, for defensively, you have, you have a veteran defensive front. Damian Daniels is the nose guard. Ben Stilley is a, is a preseason, all big 10, um, the potential all big 10 player. Um, Jojo Doman linebacking core. And then the secondary are all veterans. And they had, you know, Jojo Doman had his first career interception last week. And then um, Dante Williams, a super senior. JoJo Domes, a super senior also. Dante Williams had two interceptions. And Markel Desmuk, another super senior, um, <clears throat> had a, a block to field goal. So these guys are, are all – this. that is probably your biggest challenge. That's definitely the strength of Nebraska right now is, is the way the defense is playing. I thought it was interesting that you brought up, you know, 
that you kind of have a lot of veterans on in the front seven mm-hmm. naming Taylor Riggins and um, James Patterson, these guys, this is a weakness of the Huskers right now. And mm-hmm. this was a weakness, at least to start the Fordham game. And it was definitely a weakness against Illinois. The offensive line had two staples that dated back before Frost even came. They were starters and Brendan Hymas at left tackle. So that's protecting Martinez's blind side. And you had Matt, and he had the most, uh, Brendan Hymas had 40 career starts for a Husker, which is a record. There's no, to have that many consecutive starts, um, despite all the pipelines of the 90s, et cetera. Matt Farniak was a two-time captain and played r- like every position on the offensive line. Right tackle, he played set, he played guard last year, and he also started at center. So he started at, at some point, he started at every position. Both of those guys have left. And this year, the offensive line has, you know, obviously those guys are both in the NFL. Nebraska doesn't put that many people in the NFL. And they, they've taken a step back in pass protection and in the run game. Um, a veteran front of any team, certainly Illinois gave us a hard time. Uh, and, and at times Fordham did yesterday, mm-hmm. not so much in the, in the pass rush, but they were able to stop up the run they, you know, the run lanes weren't there, you know, two yard gains against a Patriot league team. If the, if the bulls are able to, to get those guys going and, and take advantage of that, the Huskers this is a big challenge for the Husker offensive line to stand up against up what is, you know, obviously the guys that led the, the bulls defensively against Wagner are in the front seven. So you're going to, you know, Nebraska is going to have to pass protect. They're going to have to take a step forward in those departments. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day. Most definitely. Yeah. And, I, and I'm glad you brought up the, you know, the pass protection and just just knowing that the, the secondary could be tested if Nebraska's uh, pass pro holds up. You know, just thinking that thinking about Samori uh, Torre, you know, the performance he had in week two and then also thinking about um what uh, Oliver Martin did in week one against Illinois, you know, those are two guys who both showed that they can make plays downfield and, um, you know, can get out into space. So, you know, I'm interested to see what, you know, the, the, the Bulls secondary can put together, you know, um, when, when, that'll when, be, that'll be a big test for the Bulls because Samari Toure, uh, transfer from, from Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he really got going in week two, when Oliver Martin is out. Now he might be out in this game. We don't know, but mm-hmm. I think the Huskers are hopeful they'll have him back. Omar Manning also was able to make an impact against Fordham, but mm-hmm. another big player that could have a big impact in this game and had an impact against Fordham is tight end Austin Allen. He's a captain on the team. He's six, nine. He's a matchup nightmare for most teams and particularly for teams like Fordham or Buffalo. that don't have players that are, are that size or have that speed. No doubt. Yeah, that'll be that'll be um, you know an interesting matchup, especially for the Bulls' um, linebacking core. You know, I mentioned Folsom earlier. I wonder if he'll be matched up on him, or if some of the safeties like EJ Brown and um, and Corey Gross. Um, just just thinking of some of those guys. But you know, so just just thinking about this game overall, I just want to hear your 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 last thought on you know big picture of what this game could be for Nebraska and, you know, how the outcome could um, result for uh, both sides. Sure. So, you know, I kind of touched on this earlier, but what this is going to be about is about stacking games and getting better from, from the Fordham game and being better in this game than we were in the last. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of being 
better at a higher tick than we've got than we've already progressed. Mm-hmm. The Fordham game was better than the Illinois game, but we need to be like exponentially better in this game to be not just to win, but to be able to to get the team ready to go on the road and and play a top ten opponent in Oklahoma mm-hmm. the next week. Um, that that's the thing, and the biggest thing above all is an emphasis that is going to happen every week is going to be about turnovers and mistakes and special teams being able to, to, to execute special teams at just a, even a reasonable level, not, you know, not even having it be a strength, just not fumbling punt returns, mm-hmm. not taking safeties, being able to actually return some of the balls, uh, you know, in the, in the game against Fordham, I don't think they ever brought a kick return past the, you know, the 25 yard line, that kind of stuff is not great. That's a Patriot league opponent. You know, you're going to have a tougher sledding against Buffalo and you're going to have tougher sledding the rest of the Big Ten. So right. it's about stacking games and, and getting exponentially better week to week because the, the as the, the, the schedule is going to get tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher as the Huskers go. Um, I guess I could flip the same question right back to you. What, what, what do the Bill, um, um, excuse me, the Bulls expect to get out of this game? Yeah, you know, I just think very similarly to to what you were saying about being able to stack games. But I think, you know, just knowing where UB is at, is at as a program, to think that this is a program that has been at or above 500 the last four seasons, you know, they're, they're not just some doormat Mac program anymore. But to think that, you know, hey, we, we've had a AP ranking, you know, from the, coming into the 2021 season, um, from 2020, you know, let's build on that. You know, is this is this going to be a moment that the program can look back on and say, hey, listen, you know, we, we've been, you know, going up against some Power 5 programs each year and we're showing well against them. We've beaten some, you know. Remember when we beat Nebraska? You know, like, so to be able to have moments like those or, you know, potentially even knocking off a, a, a top 25 program next weekend with Coastal Carolina, I think – these types of games are the ones that the Bulls have really built themselves up to be a part of, you know, and, and not just looking at it as, okay, well, you know, how much are they going to get um, beat by? Because at the end of the day, yeah, I do think that Nebraska um, could, you know, beat you be in this game, but at the same time too, what does that look like? You know, is this a narrow miss? Is it, is it reminiscent of the 2013 um, UB Ohio State game where a couple plays here and there and UB, you know, knocks off the, you know, a top five team in the country? Or is it, you know, like the year before when they took on um, Georgia and, you know, really got trounced? So, you know, I think it's going to be, um, you know, uh, an important pivotal moment in the program's history. But, you know, also going off that too, I think a game like this, you know, a game like last week, you get to see everything. You get to see how good of a program UB has become. But I think a game like this against Nebraska, you know, when some of your strengths may be taken away, you know, I want to see what what the identity of the team will be will look like moving forward just for the fact that, you know, hey, you may have certain things taken away. You know, what are you going to lean on? You know, are you going to continue to look to Kyle Van Treese? You know, are you going to look to that stable of running backs with, you know, Marks and Cook and Dylan McDuffie and Tajay Ahmed or you know, or is, are you going to be leaning on the defensive side of the ball, you know, with all those veterans and especially having a defensive-minded coach like Molingua? So I just think a game like this will really almost force your hand into showing what your identity is, you know, and especially for uh, a group that's really just learning under 
a, a new head coach, I think that's uh, integral for their development. Yeah, and, and, and as you kind of said that you built yourself up here, I know in Nebraska that everyone's looking at this game knowing that this team knows how to win. We played for a conference championship last year. This Bulls team knows how to win. So we'll definitely be, be looking out for that. Um, and before we go, I have to ask this on, on behalf of the entire Nebraska fan base. Uh, so Kyrie was a former player at Buffalo, and he was actually recruited by none other than Turner Gill, a Nebraska legend. Um, I would love if you would just tell us even a little bit about that because, you know, everybody loves loves talking about, uh, you know, former Huskers and, and the success that they've had. No doubt. And, you know, for me, it, it's it's so special to be able to say, you know, my first real recruitment um, from the division from the division one level was with Turner Gill. You know, obviously. I, so I grew up about 30 minutes outside of Buffalo or outside of UB's campus. So, you know, I'm right in their backyard. And um, the very first college football camp that I attended, uh, well, division one football camp that I attended was at UB and, you know, uh, under coach Gill. And I just have such great memories of him, you know, leading the team to, um, the 2008 Mac championship. I was in eighth grade that year. And, you know, to the following year to be at his camp and, you know, going through all these drills and things like that in the end camp and I'm meeting coach Gill and, you know, I was almost starstruck, um, just because he had such a way about him. And he was, I, I was just literally just the other day telling somebody this, he, he, he had a quiet confidence to him, but, you could just feel his energy. Like, man, this guy is really the man. Like he knows what he's talking about. And, you know, just whenever he spoke, we all listened, um, you know, throughout the the duration of the camp. And unfortunately, and this is no offense to Jeff Quinn, you know, I appreciated being able to play under him, but, you know, unfortunately coach um, Gil, you know, had other things in mind and, you know, took his talents to Liberty and then to Kansas and things like that. So, you know, it, it was great to be able to learn under him. And, you know, I hope one day to be able to, you know, talk with him again, um, just because, you know, he was a, a great football mind, um, even if it wasn't, um, you know, limited capacity like that. But, um, you know, before we get going as well, Sam, I just wanted to ask you now specifically, just, you know, could you share a little bit about your uh, career as a, you know, college reporter and uh, just your connection to uh, Nebraska. Sure. So I, um, I've been a Nebraska fan my whole life. If you, if you grow up in Nebraska, uh, you know, you're, you're in a Nebraska fan. I lived there until I was 12. Um, then I came out, uh, came out east of Connecticut. I actually went to Fordham. So I was at the, the game the other day so yeah. to see my alma mater, take the field at Memorial stadium was awesome. Nice. Um, I have covered uh, either via fantasy football podcast or NFL podcast. I've covered the NFL um, fantasy football and college football for the you know, last seven years. Um, most recently, I did a Georgia football podcast last season and uh, had the opportunity, I believe, to, to come on and, and talk Husker football after that which was awesome for me because it's my first opportunity to get to cover the, the, the football team I love most. So mm -hmm. it's been, it's been really cool. And, and I just want to thank you, man, for, you know, Kyrie for having me on and, and, and chatting with me. This has been, this has been a real treat. Absolutely, Sam. I, and, you know, the, the feeling is mutual, you know, to be able to have someone like yourself um, who's well-established in this field to be on my show. I appreciate it. And to be able to come together and collab like this, you know, it's great. And, you know, I'm hoping that, 
you know, as the season goes along, we get to do more shows like these throughout the year. And, um, you know, especially once the off season hits and things like that. So um, I really appreciate you, Sam. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Bulls and the Cornhuskers match up this coming Saturday. Yeah, man. May the best team win. May the best team win. All righty, guys. I'm Kyrie Demos for Sam Casacho. Take it easy and horns up. And as always, go Big Red. I was raised in Nebraska, but one time I journeyed south. And the things those Okies said down there made me wipe out a couple of miles. They like their Sooner football, and they don't like the Huskers enough. But I surprised them all when I sang this song. I made them take off and run. You can boast about your victory. Tell me all about your team. But when we meet on the football field, your bridges won't be clean. You can brag about the Sooners and sing your old fight song. But don't come across our borderline, cause you knuckleheads don't belong. Show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.